This is the Best Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to Best Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, Managing Editor of Best Insurance Professional Resources. We're pleased to have with us today attorneys Larry Zucker and Sarah Mazzola from the law firm Marshall Dennehy, Warner, Coleman & Goggin. Larry Zucker is counsel to Marshall Dennehy and co-chair of the firm's amusement, sports, and entertainment practice group. Larry has almost 50 years of trial experience in the state and federal courts in New Jersey and Pennsylvania including 25 years as a certified civil trial lawyer in New Jersey. Larry began his career defending roller skating cases and drafted risk management guidelines for the Roller Skating Association International. A frequent lecturer and author on risk management, he has shared his experience with the amusement industry, bowling trade associations, trampoline, court owners, water parks, and other groups. Larry is also a charter member of IALDA Incorporated, the International Amusement and Leisure Defense Association, and he serves as counsel to the New Jersey Attractions Association. Sarah Mazzola is a senior associate in the practice group. Her background as a former Olympic level ice skater provides her with unique insights when litigating matters involving ice skating and roller rinks, world and Olympic coaches, athletes, sports teams, and contractors. Along with Larry, Sarah is a member of the International Amusement and Leisure Defense Association, and she is also a member of the Defense Research Institute and the American, New Jersey, and State Bar Associations. Larry and Sarah, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us, John. Thanks, John. Today's discussion is emerging risks in amusement, sports, and entertainment. And Sarah, we'll start our questioning with you today. Can you tell us a little bit about the amusement, sports, and entertainment practice group at Marshall Dennehy and why there's a specific group dedicated to this area? Well, John, when I arrived at Marshall Dennehy, I was already a dedicated and decorated figure skater and an experienced personal injury defense lawyer. In my first week here, I received this ice skating case with two skaters colliding right in my wheelhouse. Larry had transferred it up from his office to my office, which is closer in venue to northern New Jersey. And quickly he received a call um, and was wondering, why is this associate who just joined our firm handling this case? My colleague said, hold on, Larry, you are absolutely going to want this particular experienced associate on your team and specifically on this ice skating case. So Larry said, oh yeah, why's that? So my colleague explained, Sarah's a national figure skating champion. She was on the U.S. international team. If anyone knows the sport, Sarah does, and you're going to be delighted to have her work with you on your sports cases. Needless to say, when I joined Marshall Dennehy, I was quite happy to find that there was a specific group dedicated to amusement, sports, and entertainment defense, one that Larry had cultivated and established for years. Collaborating my sports and legal background has been a personal dream come true. As an elite athlete and coach, I know the ins and outs of a variety of sports, industries, biomechanics, and protocol. Because of our unique sports background, our team brings special lens to our clients' needs, and we cover the gamut from amusement parks to ice and roller skating rinks to climbing facilities to bowling to football, even yoga facilities. 
With the population seeking to participate in these fun and engaging types of activities, we work with our clients on having an offensive strategy and the importance of having a risk management protocol in place. Sarah, thanks for that background and introduction to the team. And Larry, how do you define risk management? Is it anything more than accident prevention? John, thank you. Um, yes, uh, I've been uh, defining and uh, learning about uh, managing risks in the amusement and uh, leisure industries uh, for almost 50 years. And believe it or not, it all started with the disco roller skating boom in the 1970s. My first job out of law school was with an insurance defense firm that had a carrier client that insured most of the roller skating rinks in New Jersey. I started trying cases when the roller skating uh, industry was reaching its height of popularity and the number of accidents and lawsuits skyrocketed. Indeed, in the first three years of my practice, I tried 50 cases to a conclusion involving roller skating claims. Although there is an obvious uh, inherent risk of losing your balance and falling in roller skating, I immediately noticed a common pattern of negligence claims against my client based on three theories, defective roller skates, lack of supervision, and defects in the premises. Um, the problem was that there was no common agreement among roller skating rink operators uh, as to the rules to follow or not follow. There was no risk management guidelines uh, to reduce the frequency of these accidents. And the problem had to be addressed. The, uh, uh, 30 years ago, I uh, formed an organization called IALDA, the International Amusement and Leisure Defense Association, which was made up of attorneys and claims professionals with the same focus on amusement as I had. Together, we uh, all got together and drafted uh, a set of risk management guidelines uh, for the roller skating industry. This was a set of voluntarily best practices for rinks to follow um, to prevent incidents and also investigate accidents. These risk management guidelines were endorsed by the Roller Skating Trade Association, uh, RSA International, um, and enabled the RSA to actually create its own endorsed liability insurance program with a major carrier. Um, fast forward, and I think uh, history will uh, prove that the, uh, the, our efforts for the Roller Skating Association was really the first national organization uh, with risk management guidelines, and many other groups followed suit based on the same or similar template. Um, the, we, it's, it, the risk management is a process. Uh, you, 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 you try cases, uh, you uh, understand what the risks are, and then you go ahead and you try to uh, come up with best practices to um, reduce uh, the frequency of those incidents. So Larry, you talked a little bit about risk management guidelines. Are there any common threads that should be followed from a practical standpoint? Well, uh, anyone involved in, uh, in the, uh, the, the sports and, and activities that we're discussing, uh, roller skating, trampoline parks, ice skating rings, bowling. Uh, there, there's a, a tremendous amount of information out there. For example, with the Roller Skating Association, the National Roller Skating Association is the Roller Skating Association International. Um, they published the risk management guidelines that we put together um, that were adopted by the association in 2008. Uh, there are also magazines and there are uh, trade shows. Um, and there's always a, uh, during the trade show, there's always uh, an IALDA uh, seminar on risk management. In addition, every rink, uh, every roller skating rink operator and every carrier that is interested in 
riding roller skating rinks uh, should know about the statutes um, that have been adopted, beginning with Michigan back in 1988. Uh, these statutes uh, contain an important uh, list of responsibilities and requirements for skating rinks and skaters. And it's really important for every skating rink to follow those state requirements because they are public policy. And the 11 states that have those statutes right now are Michigan, New Jersey, Alabama, Illinois, Indiana, Maine, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Ohio, and Georgia. The Trampoline Court uh, National Organization is the IATP, the International Association of Trampoline Parks. That particular organization doesn't necessarily uh, have its own set of risk management guidelines uh, because back in 2013, uh, the, um, uh, a, a consensus writing standard uh, company, uh, the ASTM, or American Society of Testing and Manufacturing, ASTM International F2970 was adopted, um, which is a comprehensive treatment of, ro of, of uh, trampoline courts uh, covering manufacturers, suppliers, and operations. Um, and it's, it, is, it is really incumbent on every operator of a, uh, of a trampoline court uh, to be familiar uh, of, with uh, the requirements for operators in ASTMF uh, 2970, which includes a lot of very critical information such as the weight of, of, um, of, of jumpers and the number of jumpers on a, um, uh, on a trampoline at, at, at one time. It's really critical that everybody be familiar with these, no matter where their, uh, their uh, trampoline park is located. And there are also several state statutes that are popping up uh, nowadays uh, because of the history of uh, trampoline parks. Uh, new York has a, uh, has a new uh, statute uh, where, which regulates trampolines and also uh, voids as against public policy any pre-event waiver uh, that is requested by a trampoline operator. Uh, Utah has a uh, statute that adopts the ASTM standard as the law in, in Utah. Uh, bowling um, is, has a, a national organization called the uh, Bowling Proprietors Association of America, the BPAA. It's a large group with a very active risk management uh, uh, committee. Uh, they actually adopted risk management guidelines that were prepared by IALDA, and there are other risk management guidelines out there for bowling uh, pre uh, prepared by Bo uh, Brunswick and other uh, uh, manufacturers. Uh, ice skating ha is the, is, uh, has a national group called the ISI for the Ice Skating in in Institute. There's also another group called uh, the Metropolitan Ice Rink Managers so Association, M-I-R-M-A, MIRMA. And they have conferences, trade shows, symposiums, and they published a, uh, a list of, uh, uh, of uh, risk management guidelines called uh, the Public Guide to um, to public skating management and supervision. So those are some of the, the uh, th that's how risk management guidelines have spread and been adopted and, and, the, and they come in many forms that I've just described. Sarah, can you talk a little bit about pre-event waivers being part of risk management? Are they useful and enforceable? Yes, and it depends on their content and the state that you're in. We write a lot of waivers for our clients here at Marshall Dennehy. In New Jersey, as in many other states, waivers are effective as to adults. 
And parts of them can also be enforceable as to children in terms of arbitration selection, for example. In that respect, it's important that the facility has an executed waiver from the parent or an individual that has a power of attorney on file with the facility. There's a New Jersey case that just came out that follows many other states across the U.S. and you have to be appointed as a guardian or have a legal power of attorney from the parent of the child to waive for that child. It's recommended in this respect that facilities use an electronic form to collect this data and make a paper trail. So, in other words, if I show up to Jumpnasium with 10 kids with different last names for my kid's birthday party, unless I have a power of attorney from each child's parent, I cannot legally sign a waiver for those kids. Think school trips and parent permission slips in this respect. A school teacher or a bus driver cannot waive your client's or child's uh, permission slip and waiver. They, they cannot sign for your child. Um, now, in terms of waiver, you cannot waive an intentional tort or gross negligence. So, for example, in 1994, I found myself in the hallway about to take the ice in Detroit to com compete after the infamous Nancy Kerrigan clubbing incident. This was when she was still on the floor. I arrived to the scene and she was screaming, why me? Now, the clubbing to her knee that's an assault and battery, and in the civil realm, it's considered an intentional tort. You can't waive that. Also, obviously, being clubbed in the knee is not a risk that Nancy would have expected to be inherent in the nature of the sport. So when we're talking about waivers, we're essentially talking about claims of negligence and harmless, hold harmless provisions for risks inherent in the sport in most parts of the country. Now, the timing of the waiver is important, has to be executed as a condition to entry and before participating. And lastly, getting the facility's procedures in place and making a paper trail is a very important aspect to risk management here. So Larry, Sarah hit on the importance of a paper trail. How can good record keeping lead to effective risk management? Well, John, uh, I've always considered paper trail to be the cornerstone of a good risk management program. Um, a good paper trail, that is uh, document retention, helps you prove what you did, what, when you did it, and the circumstances taking place at the time of the accident, which may be a dispute. And by the way, uh, when we're talking about paper trail, I also include video, because to me, the single most critical and important development in the past 25 years has been the use of uh, vid video, um, which was first VCRs and now digital video, uh, because it helps you prove exactly what took place, despite what uh, the claims may be at the time of trial. Um, but the, the uh, for example, in roller skating rink, roller skating accidents, um, the, the, uh, situ the uh, question always comes down to the number of floor guards um, and the uh, ratio of floor guards to the number of skaters on the floor. Uh, this can be proved by your admission records um, and, in, and also uh, in those kinds of cases, the training, the training of floor guards becomes a critically important issue. And your training certifications and your, uh, and your checklists are, are really critical to, uh, to, to win those cases. And as far as the um, roller skating rink uh, cases involving 
uh, roller skates, um, there's been a tremendous, uh, some many major developments. Um, they are, people are now, and rinks are now, uh, numbering each individual skate to prove when they were maintained and what was done to them during the maintenance. And there are also um, used uh, barcodes on, on skates uh, so that they can determine when they were uh, issued, when they were handed out, and when they were maintained. So there's a lot of, of, of uh, that is going on in the roller skating industry uh, concerning uh, the paper trail. And in, in, every, uh, in every one of these cases, um, you, you have to have a policy of sexual harassment and be able to prove that you trained your employees in that policy of sexual harassment. Uh, I mentioned uh, ASTM 2970. That standard uh, requires manufacturers to supply operational instructions, maintenance procedures, inspection requirements, and all service bulletins, plus manufacturer certifications that component parts uh, comply with industry standards. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always surprised a little, a little bit at the, uh, the, tr the, tr the uh, trampoline court uh, that is unaware of these, uh, these requirements and doesn't have uh, the, the, uh, the, the required uh, paper trail. This paper trail is critically important uh, to trampolines as well as, uh, as every other facility. Also, videos are critically important because uh, people just have a mis they misremember. Uh, if that's what you want to call it, uh, uh, the way accidents happen and uh, trample and uh, videos bring everything back to the truth. Uh, bowling, um, you want to have uh, records showing the application of lane conditioner because lane conditioner somehow gets onto approaches and that's where most of the accidents involving in bowling uh, occur. And you want to have your regular inspection schedule and with regard to bowling, video is critically important because uh, I've handled many, many bowling cases where individuals will claim that they did not go over the foul line, but the vi the, when you show them the video, it shows them well across the, uh, the foul line and they bring back the conditioner onto the approach and that's how they slip and fall. So uh, those are some of the things with, uh, with bowling. And then in terms of uh, ice skating, um, the Ice Skating Institute, um, there are uh, specific uh, documents um, that uh, should be uh, maintained, uh, such as uh, when ice skating, when the ice was uh, was was uh, Zam was uh, treated with uh, with the zamboni, um, the names of all floor guards, uh, the number of skaters on the ice, and also the uh, number of floor number and training of floor guards uh, or uh, ice guards uh, working at the time of the incident. Sarah, Larry hit on quite a few points. What are some of the emerging issues in risk management in sports businesses? So it's critical to be in the know regarding safe sport compliance, mandatory reporting of child abuse, sexual or other misconduct. Um, you've seen it in the news recently. There's been a lot concerning child abuse allegations and it's absolutely necessary to be up on the obligations to prohibit categories of abuse and misconduct. Clubs and facilities are encouraged to designate a compliance chair. That designee acts as a per 
person that's a point person, initial contact, to verify uh, coaching compliance, to take reports, to monitor policies and procedures, and to make reports when necessary to the various sports organizations. Uh, maintaining compliance and oversight over your coaching staff, for example, is also very important for the facility. They need to know that the coaches are on the up and up and have obtained the requisite compliance, um, such as background checks, purchasing of insurance, fulfilling educational requirements, and also completing your safe sport education requirements, maintaining the memberships that are required. Other emerging items that we're seeing is a trend in COVID provisions and waivers, and we're getting a lot of calls as to whether they are effective. I think it's going to boil down to um, what that particular state finds to be effective in terms of the waiver on a whole and the law on a whole. And when we're talking about sports, we need to be thinking about what risks are inherent in the sport. And I think a good argument may be made in terms of particularly indoor sports that have close contact between individuals. And so you probably want to take a look at your waiver and update it with a COVID provision, um, in particular with this new world in which we're living in. Return to play and return to sports are also important contexts. These tie into the doctor's orders, right? So we're talking about COVID quarantining and concussion prevention. Um, we also want to highlight some issues with regard to equipment that we're seeing. It's important to have communication with your carrier to understand whether the, the equipment that you're using for sports and sports learning is covered under your insurance policy. So you may want to have a policy in place where those that may want to use specific equipment are running it by you first so that you as a manager and facility owner can run it by your carrier. Um, so ex for an example of that would be on a public session having orange caution cones in the center to, you know, preserve the center for private instruction. You want to find out from your carrier if they're on board with that. And are you following the industry guidelines for use of equipment? And is your facility following its own guidelines as to when and where the equipment may be used? Larry and Sarah, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, John. Our pleasure. Thank you, John. You just listened to Larry Zucker and Sarah Mazzola from the law firm Marshall Dennehy, Warner, Coleman & Goggin. Special thanks to today's producer, Frank Vowinkle. And thank you all for joining us for Best Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, go to our product webpage, www.ambest.com slash professional resources. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, and now this message. Best Insurance Professional Resources features valuable insurance industry content, including searchable profiles of client-recommended insurance attorneys, adjusters, and expert service providers. Brought to you by AM Best, known worldwide as a respected source of insurance industry news and information. Visit ambest.com slash claims resource.